1: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan
0: Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the
1: gates,
2: ready to go. Outkick 360 is back. Friday edition is here with Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton from 6th and Peabody With Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine in downtown Nashville and across the OutKick Network, big show planned today. Armando Salguero of OutKick.com covers the NFL for us. He'll be with us coming up in hour number two. A bit later in today's show, Brent Hubs, Austin Price, Vaultquest.com with the very latest across the SEC. And in 20 minutes, Scott Stallings, PGA Tour professional, friend of the show, and... Knows Augusta. He'll be with us as we break down the happenings at Augusta National at the Masters for round two, where Tiger is dealing with the wind, just like everyone on the course today. Danny Willett, your current leader, gentlemen. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon. A festive day. Hutton decked out in his Baltimore Orioles gear. That's right on their, their opening month. day. It's their month. I'm in the uh, the Masters gear. And Paul comes with the traditional layers that he's been wearing lately, which is also very festive.
0: Yeah, I feel the wind. Uh, yeah. I, I'm dressed as you, if I'm you, at the mask.
3: You've been layered up lately, I've, I've noticed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just accepting the fact that I'm cold <laughs> and uh, I, I dress. It's good cold. to
2: embrace. Yeah. It's good to embrace. If you're cold, you're cold. Orioles will uh, take on the Rays in about nine minutes. Uh, it, it is our month, although normally it's, you know, March 31st right. is what I. Proclaimed to be the month of of Baltimore Orioles baseball. We'll see how they perform. Normally, uh, you, you bet Baltimore in the first Early. month of the season and then forget. do like I Bet and forget. I don't watch bad TV shows. If there's bad reviews, I'm not watching it. So by June or July, I'm not watching Orioles baseball unless they're in a big game. And, you know, I'll watch a bad game, but there's got to be a magnitude well, to the bad game. It's a, a Orioles baseball will be bat bat bad and, and by the way, it, like let, the let me let me this be clear. There's a huge issue with Major League Baseball because half the teams right now, the
3: fan bases, know no, they're not going to win. Yeah, they know that's a problem. Also, the, and this is what I also know that's bad is that there's no such thing as a big game in June, July, or August for the Baltimore Orioles that they're involved in. So no. you're just not no. watching. Well, they because do. after April, I mean, that if your team isn't in contention for a playoff spot, all of the games are bad. There's no big game left. How much joy do you take in messing things up for another team? None. I, mean, I don't care. I yeah. don't care about baseball once it, once it, unless you get to the playoffs. Well, as a, as a spoiled Braves fan that's uh, all too familiar with championships after this last year, championship, I, I will tell Chip you ship. that, no, in my life there's been two, <laughs> but one last year as the reigning, as David Reed points out, the reigning World Series champs. It's gonna be insane. I don't care at all if my team is out of it and trying to wreck it for someone else. No, that, I ge- generally
0: generally not. That's what I'm saying. Like for him, what qualifies as a big game late in the season, that's the best he's gonna get, is messing it up for the Yankees, yeah, the Blue but Jays, at or that the Reds. I don't care. And that I, doesn't qualify no, as exciting. And
2: I, I feel like I'm the casual baseball fan here. and I, I speak for the masses. Half the league right now knows they're not going to the postseason. Like, it knows it. Like, they, they know whatever their market is being told is a complete and utter lie. And unless you're the random A's, sometimes the Rays, you're, you're living in a pipe dream, unless you just refuse, like I do, to buy into it. I'm into it because it's fun now. It won't be fun in the summer, and I won't be coming here talking about Orioles baseball. In and the even
0: summer. if you're uh, the A's or the Rays, particularly the A's, they're cranking through people anyway. If, if somebody gets good now, you can't fall in love with that guy. He's not going to be an A very long. Yeah. And the Rays generally do the same thing. They're not giving a second contract to a guy. They're dealing him and finding the next guy. Now, you can really respect the way they operate. You could be a big fan of that team and say, hey, we outsmart people. And I know there's going to be another guy to root for next year after we get rid of our Cy Young Award candidate yeah. uh, or winner. And, and I really appreciate the way we operate and all of that. But I'm going to watch games in a dump. And I know that this guy isn't going to be here three years from now. There's no chance of it. Whereas Chad's team and my team, you know, odds are we're going to, I mean, he just let a guy go, but they traded for a better guy.
3: Yeah. Well, here's the sad reality of it. I mean, if you're the pirates or the Orioles or go on down the list of teams that really don't have much of a chance, you are essentially a nice night out for a business person that's in your city. That's what your team serves as. It's a if, great if it's park even that environment anymore. of, you know, I got something to do if I'm in this well, city. Well, Pittsburgh's a
0: great town to see a ball game in. Drink that's what I'm beers. saying. I said Shit. Pittsburgh, but
3: yeah. that's what you are. Yeah, but you're I, I, not a
2: television Chad, product. Nice I'm not taking a client to an empty somebody stadium. You're not something to excited about. I'm not taking, if I'm a business person, I'm not taking a client to an empty stadium. Well, my point is, well, think there if, there you're, people to if go. you're in
3: the town, if the, if the <laughs> Red Sox are in town, or the Braves are in town. Have you guys watched Pirates or Orioles
2: baseball in the summer? But I mean,
0: there's not. A, there's
2: not. Yeah, so there's, hard there's to get no
3: into one. One. I've
0: been to Orioles baseball in the summer. I'll, and I'll, I, it was a couple hundred
3: people. Exactly. There's no one there.
2: I don't. I mean, I. It. It. It's a sad, just reality of where they are, uh, and the whole lockout. I understand what.
3: Uh, they, they were trying to do, but I'm not sure anything was accomplished. Well, well I think while that the we're bar, on it, the bar is so low, though, for 81 home games for a lot of these teams that it's why I laugh when people say, "Oh, you can't support Major League Baseball in this city." And I'm thinking, why not? Baltimore doesn't support Major League Baseball; they still have a team. While we're on it, Pittsburgh let's doesn't support number. it; they still have a team. Yeah. Chad, some season. Steph yeah.
0: Curry is made four, or is making million, 45.78 million dollars this year. That is more than the entire payroll of the Orioles, the A's, the Pirates, and the Guardians. 38 NBA players will make more than the scheduled payrolls of the Orioles and the Pirates 26 this year. 38 single players in the NBA. That's insane.
2: Well, can't you find that in Major League Baseball too? Can I go pick out a Dodger and do that same thing?
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah? Yeah.
2: I mean, in the same well, league, I, well, that, th- that what was carries the number, more Paul? weight. The guy's getting 48, paid 40, million? 45.78 I All mean, right. you, you can find you can find those type of guarantees, can't you? I mean, Aaron Judge is turning down how much? He's turning a- down Aaron half Judge, of the Orioles Aaron payroll. Aaron Judge
0: turned down thirty point five. So he's year.
2: he's turning
3: down the Orioles payroll, give or take a couple million. So it looks like Max Scherzer now with the Mets it's the highest paid, fifty-nine point three million. So th- see that to me, if you're in yeah. the same. You're in the same league, and there's
2: a single player being paid more than an entire roster.
0: That's even more, more noteworthy, for sure. <laughs> and that's a guy that's pitch- playing <laughs> every, teams, every by five the way, days. Too. Uh,
3: and that's a guy who's I playing mean, every five days. it's also the Mets. You know, It's not like some team that's perennially up there with everyone. It's the Mets paying that money.
0: Notorious losers.
3: But I see, like, I, but I, the Mets will spend.
2: I get home from a, a great event last night. I want to tell you about Fulmer uh, in just a moment. Um, and I, I turn on ESPN and they're doing their sports center hit from LA and their lead is this is this is Christmas Day, New Year's Day, July 4th, Thanksgiving, all rolled into one. You got Augusta National, opening day for Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and I see what they're doing. They're tying in all the sports. I don't buy into this Major League Baseball BS that ESPN is trying to sell, where this is somehow the NFL in that when you kick off in week one, you legitimately legitimately have a chance to make a run. I think in the NFL, four, five, six teams know they're out, realistically. In Major League Baseball, that's triple that number. And th- that is a huge issue if you're just a casual sports fan with no one to root for. Yeah. And even if you're a fan of that team, you're not watching them on a nightly basis, especially when they suck.
0: Well, they're talking to the people who love it. You know. And fortunately, no, they're, they're talking for them- to the
2: people watching them for the products that they own now. Which is, you know, they've bought into Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL, and they're tied into Augusta, which they're also doing. And they're saying, like, this is, you know, they own these properties, so they're saying it's the best day of the entire year. And I'm here to tell them it's it's simply not. I mean, Augusta National is great. Opening day of Major League Baseball is cool. But a month from now, no one's talking about that sport. And that's just the harsh reality of it. That they're not willing to say. No, they're not. That's not a good league well, they're to not, me. They're but not. they've
0: got Dodgers and Yankees and Red Sox and big market teams with big well, populations to whom it's still well, that's a big another deal. Problem. That's, that's the audience they That's
2: another to. problem to Major League Baseball scheduling. There's no reason Yanks and Red Sox should be playing today.
0: Well, it's a coincidence. It wasn't an opening day game. They're starting on the third series, the fourth still, series, the fifth series. Of I, the I know year.
2: they backed it up, but still. like, they're, um, n- Normally, the Orioles are playing within their own division. Right, like you, you play and you're playing. Op- you're you're opening up against the AL East. I just don't think you need to play your big rivalry games in the first game of the season when it's going to be in, in viewed by as many as you're going to find all season anyway. No no matter who you're playing. I want the big rivalry matchups in the middle of June when there's nothing else on. I just love the image of Hutton in his Orioles
3: gear, just bashing baseball. <laughs> <As> <laughs> baseball sucks. It's like, great though, but I love it's it. A joke. I, I love when the words match up with you wearing the shirt too. It's perfect. I love it. It's a joke. Well, it's not a joke for uh, Dodgers fans, Yankees fans, Red Sox fans. Chad, it's a joke because you can say that on April 8th, that it's a joke for yeah, not, no, but, I, except for these I, fan bases. Look, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying in June and July, they'll still be talking about baseball probably uh, in, in Atlanta, in New York, in Boston, in L.A. And then everyone else... Like most of America is probably not going to care unless you are attached to one of those teams i I agree with you there. There is a parity problem in major league baseball and it's been that way for a while this is this is nothing new.
0: you know it's amazing uh, baseball maybe because I, I I don't think any of us foresee this changing right It's prob- baseball's probably going to be like this. They need to somehow. Um, Steal? I, I don't think you can. It's probably a cultural thing from from the English Premier League because in the English Premier League, the same teams out of out of six teams, the same finish top four every year, and England is ex- thrilled about the Premier League every year, no matter what. If your team's perennial tense you still are thrilled about it every year. How you go many, into though? the season with the equal enthusiasm. You love the league. You follow it like the NFL. You follow every team. You don't just follow your team.
2: But, Paul, correct me, though. In the EPL, the owners have a lot of the power, right? Yeah, based on cash. It's the opposite Major League Baseball. So, well, so it's based on cash, too. Incentivize it how?
0: If the, if the Orioles had a ton of cash, they would be bigger players. But the,
2: you're, you're incentivizing the teams for going in and buying and trying to win. And there's no – I mean, my guess is the the Baltimore ownership or just any bad team, those owners are going to make their money one way or the other regardless and keep the payroll low and still end up making more, not paying any taxes on it.
0: And the EPL's right? got relegation at the, at the back end, which adds some excitement at the back end. But all those middle teams just kind of accept that there are big clubs at the front who are getting the European spots in Champions League
3: and and, yeah. and that well, kind of what, stuff. That's what college football is becoming. Yes, yeah. but yes. they
0: still love those middle teams, yeah. and there's huge enthusiasm for the entire league. It's really an I, I anomaly. Think the pro- I think. I think the issue
3: with that is it's easy to do that. Uh, college football is an example teams, in the states playing. It's not even teams. It's when you're playing 12 games. It's easy to get excited about a 12 game season, and be excited about getting bowl eligible, knowing you're not going to win a national title or even a conference championship and getting excited about all 12 games. It is a different challenge to keep anyone engaged if you're in Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those markets yeah. we just went through, past a month of a seven, eight-month season that's 162 games. EPL
0: is a good number. For six 30, months. 38. So it's home and home with everybody.
3: 38 teams?
0: Well, it's 38 games. You play everybody uh-huh. home and home, a 20-team Well,
3: I mean, that's just, that's years and years of being conditioned if you're a fan of a certain club to just hoping for eighth place or whatever your goal Improved is.
0: Improved on last
3: year. And, or not being relegated. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all that is. That's, it's kind of a sad way to go through a professional sport, honestly, if you're never considered to win a championship or never even putting that into consideration. I can understand it more in college sports. Uh, at times, but pro sports should not be that way. There should be some sort of balance at the end of it. But It is something that it's popular as it them.
0: is worldwide, and there's not a lot of intrigue about who's going to win it.
3: But I, you say it's yeah. popular worldwide. Like Man City and, and right and now is, is absolutely dominant. Well, who's one of the uh, – is Crystal Palace? Yeah, one Crystal of Palace is middle, the middle of the road. Okay, I don't know any team. Crystal Palace fans in the United States. I mean, you no. say it's a world well, game, but they all, they all pick the top four. Right, you pick the top four top six anyway because they're going to play in Europe so you're going
0: to see them play more games
3: my point is you go to London I bet you can find um you know Crystal Palace fan, a Jacksonville Jags fan base there if you're an NFL fan because you can pick one of the 32 and legitimately feel like you might win a championship at some point in your life there's no American that I know that's picking the how many teams are in the EPL 20 the nineteenth place with team with potential in the for APO. relegation, so you can't yeah. you can't pick down at the bottom, or you're never going to see. I've yet because to find. They go into a different league. I've yet to find the Crystal Palace watch party in Nashville, right? <laughs> well, the, but the, I know plenty of people who go watch Chelsea that means something or Manchester here. United. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's> true. <laughs> that's true. That's McMinnville, actually, where you were last night. They've got a Crystal Palace watch party there every, oh. every Friday and Saturday. Hey, we we packed. Oh, sorry, uh, that's the Crystal watch party.
2: The, yeah, we packed the uh, Bridgestone Learning Center last night. A great facility there, by the way. Well, like, I felt like I was driving up to Augusta National uh, going to this. Uh,
0: was there a cake for you? The last time no, you were in McMenville for a big event, I was upset. There, there was, was no cake.
2: There was no cake. Uh, there was great barbecue, Prater's barbecue. Shout out, uh, Gary and, and the whole crew there. Um, uh, Philip Fulmer was in town. That, that's why we were there raising money for Boyd Christian School. Um, raised a ton of money. And Fulmer, by the way, I was on the phone whenever he walked in. I was in one of these back rooms watching the Masters. and uh, um, I was on the, the phone, minister. and he thought I was on the phone with you guys. And he said, uh, oh, uh, John, uh, tell uh, tell Paul and Chad hello. And I said, I'm not on the <laughs> phone. I'm not on the air. <laughs> That's great. So uh, he told me to Appreciate tell you guys that. hello. He's, I would hope uh, that if you
3: were on the phone with you'd have said, you you tell them yourself. Yeah, here you go. Yeah.
2: He's, he's in uh, a great place. Like, just... He's a joint retirement. I think he's coaching the his one of his granddaughter's peewee teams.
0: That's awesome.
2: And uh, he's on the board of many different things, including the Tennessee Sports uh, Hall of Fame here in town in Nashville. But um, told some great stories, stories I had never heard before. Um, and I think he'll be on the show soon. Leading Good. up to more of the fall practice than spring games. but
3: uh, I've done an event it was, like it this with event. him in the past, and he is a terrific storyteller. And it could just be one of those guys. You know these this guys. We've talked to people that's been in coaching for a long time. Yeah, You just say a name. you know, and They've got a story about him, and they go into two or three different stories that they recall. Um, some quick pop culture news. Will Smith has received a 10-year ban from the Oscars. He will not be able to attend the Oscars or any film... Uh, award show for a decade.
0: Again, you know what would have been good
3: if any they just got him the show? hell out of the Anything Oscars after he Institute. slapped the dude.
0: That's what would have been good. Yes,
2: punishment. I don't want him to have to miss all this. I, I just, don't either. This is
3: we've gone too far now. Now we've gone too far.
2: I, I, I want the I want the other award show, like Screen Actors Guild, who didn't even have a show this year, uh, to announce
3: that Will Smith is allowed at their award show. and so to want, joke about him. I want the yeah. I want the Academy to acknowledge they were wrong, to not have him removed after the slap. I want people that defended him to acknowledge they're wrong, that were there in the building, and then we all move on. That's what I want. I want us all to move I never wanted charges to be pressed against him. I want Chris Rock to make fun of it. I want to watch that stand-up special about it. It's going to be hilarious. And then I want us
2: all to move forward. What this means is he just can't accept the $150,000 gift bag that comes with be nominated.
0: Yeah, that is a loss.
2: That's that's really
3: all, that this, hurts. all this means. Well, he can be... I think he can get nominated. He just couldn't attend.
0: Well, I wanted him to win again so nominated. that he can't accept. I thought but he like, resigned from the able Academy, though. He did.
3: So he but
2: can't be nominated. Yeah, I, I, I guess...
3: I, I don't know. I, yeah, but that's it's like... That's why Cardi B's
2: WAP didn't make uh, the do Yeah, I,
3: I, don't, I don't know how that works, though. I think it's like his dues that he pays to it. Like, he could still be a part of a film that's nominated. Like, it's not like everything he does is no longer under consideration by the Academy. Is that true? I I... I, that's the way I read it. I mean, because are maybe. these
0: first time actors You're who are asking from me about nowhere? the
3: uh, protocol of the Academy yeah. that I'm not familiar Dennis with. Leary. Yeah, we need John McClain on to tell. Yeah, where is yeah. Dennis Leary when you did it? <laughs> uh, who's got their SAG card? In I this can't room right imagine. Now? James Watson? <laughs> I can't imagine some first
0: time actor from some foreign film as a member of the Academy when they nominated out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, I, yeah I don't, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. Some I feel like
0: Irish, you know, small you film. If you make
3: that's... a film and you submit it to the Academy for review, then you are eligible. Right. That's the way I assumed it worked. Yeah, you don't Who I, cares. I don't know that it has to be like you pay dues and you're an official member of the Academy to do it. I took it that as later he was some sort of paid member of the Academy and did things with them, and now he's no, he's out of that. Well, anyway, he can't attend any uh, Oscars for 10 years.
0: They should joke about him. And all of them, go make movies, go make good movies, and let's all... Well, they're not going to let him make
3: movies mind. now. This is what's bothering me, that now all of his projects have been put on hold. Um, so, yesterday,
2: Tiger Woods had a terrible warm-up and then played very well. Solid. Today, great warm-up. <laughs> and he looks terrible. Uh, as do several, yes, several players. However... Windy as hell. Willett and Schwartzel or atop the leaderboard, and we'll tell you why coming up, because we've got Scott Stallings, PGA Tour professional, is on the show with us. We're going to talk about the leaders up top, including Paul's guy. Look at that handsome including man. Including Paul's man, uh, who has a, a little uh, cash on hand for FanDuel and is playing well at Augusta National. Round two coverage straight ahead on Outkick 360. First, though, Aurora Science and VitaLifeScience.com the website to visit where you can see more information and check out all the great supplements that Aurora provides. And Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitalLifeScience.com is the website. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code Outkick360. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. But here's Aurora, unique and... Very unique supplements, uh, absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Check it out at VitalifeScience.com. Fifteen percent off with the code OutKick360 at VitalifeScience.com.
0: You
1: ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy.
0: Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall
0: guy. That's what the poster said.
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13.
2: Glad you're with us for Outkick 360. Wins playing a major factor at Augusta National for round two, where. Tiger and others are not having the type of day they did yesterday. Chad Withrow has your master's leaderboard in Nance fashion.
3: Yes, three gentlemen not from the United States are tied atop the leaderboard. Sungjae M from Korea, Charles Schwartzel, South African, and Danny Willett, the Brit, all at three under par. M and Schwartzel are in the clubhouse, done for the day. Willett is on the course on the ninth hole right now. Dustin Johnson, he's plus one on the day, Minus two for the tournament. He's in the clubhouse. Harold Varner the third is minus one for the day, minus two for the tournament. Nice day for Taylor Gooch and Colin Morikawa. Gooch is tied for fourth right now at two under par. Morikawa, two under par for the day, gets him to one under for the tournament. Scotty Scheffler hanging in there at minus two. He is plus one for the day. Tony Finau with a nice start also. He's on hole number five, minus one on the day, minus two for the tournament. Hideki Matsuyama defending champion plus two on the day excuse me minus two on the day minus two for the tournament and then you got to go on down the list to find one Tiger Woods Tiger Woods rough go so far plus four today plus three for the tournament he is on hole number seven projected cut right now at plus four so Tiger hanging in there Above the cut line, but rough day so far. Not looking
2: great. Uh, four over currently, the cut line. Tiger at three over for the tournament. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout and at top the leaderboard. I was rooting hard for our next guest last week at the Valero Open, um, uh, watching Scott Stallings. He was in the mix with a chance to win. And if that were the case, he wouldn't be joining us right now. Uh, and he's a great friend of the show uh, and, of course, uh, a VFL. Uh, we say hello to Scott Stallings now via the magic of Zoom. Scott, how are you, man?
1: Good, man. Thank you guys for having me.
2: How about this course right now? The, the wind is, uh, is playing a major factor, and for all the rain that this course had this week, this wind is helping dry out those greens, and now th- they, can, they can manage this course however they want for the weekend. It's going to be wild.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the cooler forecast with the wind and everything. And, you know, if there is a place on earth that can control basically every aspect of mother nature and, in reference to a golf course, it's Augusta national. (laughs) So, uh, you throw a little bit of cool wind in there and, you know, it gets, you know, catches his fire real quick. And, you know, you see that in the scores, obviously there's still some good ones out there, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays the next two days. Look like the weather on Sunday is going to be great. Um, so, guys just kind of got to deal with it for the next day and a half and kind of manage it and just kind of be ready to be there on Sunday with a chance.
2: DJ Tour Pro Scott Stallings, our guest. What would you imagine it would be like playing with Tiger this week, being paired with him?
1: <laughs> I saw the Scott Van Pelt quote that the two guys uh, playing with Tiger could play completely naked and no one would watch him hit a shot,
0: <laughs> which
1: I thought, <laughs> which I. <laughs> Which I, I thought was great. Um, you know, obviously everyone asks who wins this week and who does this and who does that. But, I mean, truly the game of golf wins. You know, to have a champion pioneer of the game and, and you know, kind of that the put golf on the map, you know, on the world scale and, you know, kind of change the game forever to, to have him back playing and competing at Augusta National, you know, as a fellow competitor and a fellow PGA Tour player and, and also a fan of the game from – one that, you know, Tiger in the 97 Masters kind of changed my golf trajectory for the rest of my life. Um, you know, the, the game truly wins and it's going to be pretty cool to be out there and be on tour with just all the speculation that comes from however he plays and just when he's going to come and play again. And hopefully I'll be at one of those events and you'll get a chance to in it in because it is a totally different event when Tiger's around no matter how he plays.
3: Well, you've obviously played in this tournament, played this course. What do you think about the possibility of him walking 72 holes over the course of this week, uh, knowing the injury that he's had, but the undulation on this course, how difficult do you see it being for him if he makes the cut today?
1: Well, I mean, hes he said in all his interviews and everything, he's not going to be there and you know, be in a situation where he feels like he can't be – make it all four days and you know he's got an unbelievable team around him as far as helping him you know kind of manage all that but i think the biggest misconception is you know the slope and undulation that you can find at Augusta national you know you stand on the 10th tee and get to the green and look back up and you can't see the tee box and i just think that you know tv does it just a little bit more now with all the you know, things that they've created, just a, the ability to be able to experience that. But when you first walk on the grass for the first time, I mean, it is an eye-opening experience, to say the least. The,
0: uh, how much, I mean, uh, the wind's going to affect any course. There, with the landing spots being uh, sometimes as small as they are on, on those greens with the false fronts and the like, then you factor in, in the wind, how much has it changed the course?
1: I mean, <laughs> wind is somewhat undefeated. Uh, I mean, you saw that, you know, when we played at Valero on Sunday. You know, the wind was up kind of a, a decent amount of the weekend, you know, especially Friday afternoon kind of through. And, you know, one thing if it's constant, but when you get those gusts and then a little bit of change of direction kind of subtly through the day can definitely – shift a little bit of perspective because then it just throws that extra little bit of doubt. And, you know, once the ball leaves the face, you know, it's in the Lord's hands. (laughs) And you just try to make the the biggest guess you possibly can and, you know, get out there and, you know, try to not put yourself in a a spot where, you know, you're too far behind the eight ball. But, I mean, Augusta does an incredible job of just creating a little bit of nuance every single year where guys just have to adjust year in, year out. And, you know, that's, you know, kind of why – why the tournament is what it is and why it makes it so unique that literally all sorts of people with all sorts of different games can, can play their way around and have a chance to win on coming on Sunday.
2: Yeah. I mean, you guys, the, the you guys make it look so easy. Uh, and in perfect conditions, you can, you can <laughs> land this thing on a dime uh, and be pinpoint and precise with the wind. How are take us through like the, the average conversation. Oh, wind's different. The courses are different, but, What are you and your caddy trying to gauge and how many holes do you need before you kind of figure it out or can you?
1: No, not there just because of the the undulation. I mean, you have a baseline of what the wind's planning on doing, but I mean, until you really get out there and see the effect where it can have, I think the biggest difference at Augusta is the greens. The greens are quick. There's no doubt about it. I'm not a guy to come on here and tell you the greens at Augusta are slow. But the undulation and the tilt is what makes the biggest difference. And you add, you know, a 10, 15-mile-an-hour north wind coming across some of those greens. And, you know, you have putts 12, 13, 14 on the stem. They become a lot faster and or a lot slower just based off what direction you're going. And I think I, I had a similar win when I played in 14, like they're playing in right now. And it was just like a golf course. I mean, I felt like I was pretty prepared to play, and it became a place I had never seen before just because I was trying to hit the ball in spots that basically you're, you're told your whole entire life as you're prepping to avoid, but based off the wind direction and, you know, you're trying to play in different areas just to try to use the wind to your advantage instead of constantly playing against it. And, you know, it's a, you know everyone has to deal with it. and It's, you know, the guys that have had more experience around it um, may do a little bit better, as far as just understanding, you know, what that is as far as the game plan is concerned. But, I mean, it'll be wild to see what the next two days play like.
2: Scott Stallings, our guest, PGA Tour Pro. pro. By by the way, uh, just a quick update. Here comes the defending champ Matsuyama. He has birdied three of his first six holes. He's now tied for the lead in day two at Augusta. Uh, Scott, uh, Chairman Ridley all but said earlier this week that they're going to lengthen 13. They've, They've purchased the land behind that tee box. And that is one of those iconic holes in golf that produces a ton of drama, especially on the weekends. How do you think lengthening that hole will affect the tournament overall, especially Amen Corner?
1: I mean, it'll definitely create more volatility, which is what they want. I mean, it's just gotten to the point now when the course is playing firm and fast, you get a significant amount of guys hitting three-wood off the tee, which is definitely, for the the most part, a right-handed guy with a three-wood tends to be a drawer and, you know, kind of works with the way of the hole. But they want – and and truly now with the way that some of the guys drive it, they can actually hit it past the tilt in the fairway where it becomes way more of a short iron hole. And the last time I played, I hit shorter clubs into 13 than I did into 10. You know, where I know par is relative, but, you know, they want guys to stand in that, you know, do I go, do I not go with the ball above your feet. You can't hit it left. You really can't hit it Right. And, you know, just to try to manage it where the hole was designed a little bit better to kind of play that second shot from.
0: What are Fridays like at at Augusta as, as guys near the cut line wait it out, discover if if they're staying or going, and as people pack up to leave and other guys maybe head out to the practice range or head back to their uh, accommodations, is there much crosstalk? Is there sympathy for the guys who are leaving uh, or the guys who are staying all business. What's that like between the the two groups?
1: No, I mean, uh, unfortunately it's the, you know, it's, you kind of eat what you kill on the PGA tour and it's sort of a a unique scenario. We've all played enough professional golf and, you know, we've been on Fridays, you know, miss the cut and leave, and then kind of been on that, you know, the constant teeter-totter of up and down. And, um, you know, am I in, am I out? And, you know, all the speculation that kind of comes with it. And then kind of the, you know, the different scenario with Augusta where it used to have the 10-shot rule and then it didn't. And then kind of the back and forth as far as what that looks like. And then the 44 in ties and then just the constant where they move it, they move the number, kind of fluctuated, it. And it's just a little bit different in Augusta and any major championship because each one kind of has a little bit different subset of rules as far as how the cut's made. For the PGA Tour, 65 and ties, and that's just kind of what it is, unless you play one of the pro events, which is Pebble or Amex in Palm Springs. But for the most part, 65 and ties, you kind of know where you stand. You can kind of speculate a little bit. But with Augusta, everyone teeing off the first hole, everyone kind of having to deal with Amen Corner coming down the stretch in the back nine. There's just a lot of uniqueness to how the cut is made and how the cut is affected and forecasted as far as you know all the the specialists out there that like to do that the pro golfers themselves included
3: <laughs> we've seen scotty scheffler skyrocket here recently to to world number one and he's right there right now two strokes off the lead at two under par what is it about his game has this always been lurking there with him he's obviously on a hot streak right now but what do you think about scotty scheffler the run he's been on and Specifically, this tournament, what he could possibly do?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, the uh, trajectory he was on was high, always. You know, he had a bunch of chances, you know, kind of early in his career. And um, I you know, just kind of, you know, one of these guys kind of get a little, um, you know, veteran leadership around him. And he made an unbelievable hire in Ted Scott and kind of putting, you know, a guy that spent almost 30 years on the PGA Tour Academy for some of the best in the world, and, you know, it wasn't a surprise to anyone when he had success and, you know, kind of put himself in contention early. I think anyone that, you know, sees any kind of run like that, you know, understands that you know, a lot of things have to go your way, but I mean, he's done a lot of good work and put a lot of really good people around him to help him get there. He's always been an unbelievable player, you know, throughout his whole life from junior to college, now professional, so it's no surprise, but You know, the union between player and caddy of a a young up-and-comer with a a veteran that has had high success at every point of his career, it's been pretty cool to see. And uh, I know Ted a lot better than I know Scotty. And, you know, both great dudes and, you know, happy to see success for them.
2: Scott, what is it like – But take us behind the scenes, if you will, once you're you're, you're preparing for the tournament. Are you filling out some type of card? That way they know your jacket size and all that stuff. Like what – When you, what is it? Is it surreal putting down like forty-four regular or forty-two regular, whatever it might be? uh, And do you try not to think about it?
1: I think one time you do actually fill out your jacket size. Um, I I don't remember. I mean, the last one I played was fourteen, so it's definitely been a a minute. But uh, I I do remember someone asking me that same thing. And I remember the first year I got uh, Vokey Voki to stamp a wedge with my jacket size on there, and I still have it uh, at my house. There, you know, kind of a you know unique thing to you know symbolize the first Masters I ever played. But um, I guess in the moment you think about it, like you know, you know, whatever chairman is there, you know, now uh, Chairman Ridley's there is the one that kind of helps in the the past champion, you know, puts it on top of you, and you kind of just know what the butler cabin and Jim Nance and kind of everything and what that looks like. So to say that a player hadn't thought about it would probably be a lie. But in the moment, I mean, it's still golf. 18 holes, you know, and, you know, each and every day and, you know, kind of every shot matters and, you know, kind of managing the emotion versus expectation kind of throughout the the day and the prep and kind of everything kind of goes all into it and makes it pretty easy to block all that out.
2: Who Who are you paired with the first two days?
1: Which Masters? In 2014. 2014, I was paired with uh, Craig Stadler and Martin Comer. I played with Craig Stadler, his last Masters, wow. which was pretty surreal That's as far awesome. as just hearing some of his story, hearing some of his stories as far as just how many he'd played and and everything. So it was you know kind of cool to be a part of that, and and I did not play well, <laughs> uh, but you know, just, you know, unique to try to pick his brain as far as how many times he'd been around Augusta National and been a part of it. Did you go
2: inside Breckman's or Berkman's, excuse me?
1: I, I have, I have, I had an opportunity to go there before the tournament. Um, you know, I'd made a visit down there and had a chance to go take it all in and man, what an experience and what a, a place for just one week a year. <laughs> so, um, you know, pretty surreal to see. I played a master's without it and I played a master's with it and, um it is wild to kind of see the difference and just you know how big the event is on a world scale and you know you you say that one name and people just resonate (laughs) with it like oh man what a place what a place and just amazing you know uh, truly uh, unless you know where it is someone kind of really can't tell you how to get there and just everyone just seems to kind of find their way somewhere through being there throughout the week
2: Every time I've been, I've looked around the fifth green trying to figure out how to get back there, and I can't. I still can't figure it out. Yeah, you can follow Scott on Twitter at Stallings Golf uh, for more info on all of the great work he does off the course as well as on. Are you headed to South Carolina next week? Are you playing in the HBC?
1: Yeah, I'm playing in uh, RBC and playing, yeah. yeah, playing in Hilton Head with uh, my partner Bryce Garnett. And then uh, go down to Mexico for a new event we're doing down in Puerto Vallarta. So that's my next three events coming up. All right. Good
2: so uh, RBC purse eight million. Mexico seven point three. Amen. Go get it.
3: Bring it home. Uh, I see a fifteen point three right, million man. dollar two weeks for you, right now, <laughs> Scott. So congratulations already in advance.
1: Well, nice. So I appreciate you guys having me on, and you know I, I enjoy everything you guys do and keep putting out the good work. Hey, Thanks, if, you're, yeah.
2: if you're looking for a tag along, like a live broadcast in Mexico, just let us know. Well, we're <laughs> available April twenty eighth. Puerto Vallarta loves us. Yes. Also,
1: we're big there. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well,
2: appreciate you guys. Thanks, appreciate man. you
1: guys having me on. You. Thank have you. a great day. Thank you, Scott.
2: Too. Scott Stallings, uh, one of the best, genuine dude, and uh, really cool and nice enough to uh, to join us to get perspective there. That would be weird for me putting the jacket size on, thinking or you know jotting it
3: down, letting everyone know. Because they'll have it ready for you. I think everything about being a professional athlete is weird to me. <laughs> Just thinking about all of it would be surreal. That included. I mean, do,
0: do, do they hem the sleeves?
3: I mean, it, it, I've never seen a
2: jacket that doesn't fit well. Right. Right?
0: So they're hemming the sleeves. That's the weird part. Like, 42 regular is not a big thing to write down, but uh, need the sleeves up a couple inches. That, that's specific.
2: They're making a lot of changes to a guy. I, like, I, I believe that they're cutting the first cut of grass... Uh, the, the first cut of the rough, lower in order for the ball to hit more pine straw so that these long hitters have to hit from beneath the pines more to almost penalize them for trying to edge it out. I I, I think they're trying to make the course tougher without actually saying what they're doing. They've lengthened 18 without actually lengthening it. They've lengthened the tee box. But the the length of 18 is the same on paper. Technically, Hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Coming up, uh, we discuss some NFL headlines, and we've got 360 headlines just around the corner of everything going on in sports. We'll keep you updated as well with the Masters leaderboard. Next on OutKick360.
3: Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th
2: There is a crowd atop the leaderboard at Augusta National. Outkick 360 rolls on where the crowd is happening here at 6th and Peabody as well with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, give us an update on what's happening at Augusta with the Masters.
3: Well, there's a crowd of one at the top right now, and that's Danny Willett at 4-under par. He is currently on the 10th hole. You've got two golfers at 3-under right now, Song J M and Charles Schwartzel. And then you've got a crowd at two under. Dustin Johnson, Harold Varner III, Taylor Gooch, Cameron Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, last year's champion, Joaquin Neiman, Scotty Scheffler, all currently at two under par. At one under, you've got Charlie Connors, the Canadian, Colin Morikawa, Will Zalatoris, among others. Tony Finau also currently at one under par. Tiger, yep, Paul's guy, Tony Finau. Tiger currently at plus three. Uh, He has got... Uh, a chip opportunity. He's on a par five right now where hopefully Tiger can improve his score on this hole. He's got a nice chip opportunity for Eagle. That's, uh, he should get close enough at least for a birdie on this hole. Currently, the projected cut line is at plus four. So that's one to watch for this weekend if Tiger Woods will make it through to the weekend. Um, but right now it is Danny Willett in sole possession. A first atop the leaderboard at the Masters, four under par, and he is halfway through his round today. You
2: got a former champ, and then you have the defending champ right behind him in Hideki Matsuyama, uh, who is three under on the day, three under for the tournament, and he's just, uh, according to Google, through six. And every so. time
3: I see Will Zalatoris, I think about Happy Gilmore's caddy every single yeah. time. Every time they show him on the course, that's all I can't get the image of Happy's caddy out of my head. Well, if you played,
2: if you played – Tour yesterday, uh, Justin Thomas comes to mind. Spieth, I believe, is not playing well yesterday or today. But there's some guys who played late yesterday that are about to tee off. You've got a chance now for the leaderboard to come back to the pack a little bit to you, based on the course conditions. Where if you can play you know, one, two under on the day, you're going into the weekend with an opportunity to make the turn on Saturday, on moving day. So, here's hoping some of those guys that were below that line have a chance to make a move going into Saturday. But the cut line being four over right now, we'll keep you updated on Tiger, who is, um, by the way, we've got uh, Nick Geddes at OutKick following every shot of Tiger. Oh, nice. So you go to OutKick.com, and Nick's following every
3: shot and live blogging it for you, where you can follow along that way as well. A Tiger tracker. Uh, We talked about it yesterday, Hutton, uh, but who's going to emerge as the story outside of Tiger? You know, Tiger is the dominant story yesterday and in this tournament, but who's going to emerge that big What's story? What's Rory doing? McElroy would be the, would be the story. McIlroy's the obvious one, but McElroy right now is at plus two. So, I mean, he's hanging on. No one's running away with this thing right now with Willet at minus four. Uh, so he's looking good right now to make the cut. But I'd say Rory's number two on the list. But who else? You know, Scotty Scheffler's been a story on the PGA Tour lately. He's won three out of seven tournaments. And it's the world number one, and he's right there right now at minus two. Uh, so who's, who's going to emerge as that story over the weekend? The answer is it's the Masters, and whoever's close to the top of the leaderboard is going to be the story. But is there going to be anyone not in Tiger's realm, but someone that is going to be the, the buzz all weekend, Saturday and Sunday, around the top of the leaderboard? I we'll think
2: Amer- American-wise it would be – what, what does Dustin Johnson he's, do, who won in yeah. 2020, won in November of 2020? Can he become a, right a, a multi-jacket uh, winner? And he's a Colin Morikawa, who is a multiple major winner, with a chance to put on the green jacket as well. Um, and if Rory doesn't, we'll see where Rory ends up, but he has a chance to win the...
3: The career Grand Slam. Yeah,
2: massive. Either way, we're pulling for the Americans atop the leaderboard. Right now, it's not the case. Nope. More uh, leaderboard updates throughout the show, and we talk NFL headlines, including adding to the lawsuit down in Miami. Next.